Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We got a special week five edition of the pod here for you today. To start things off, though, we have a bit of a special guest in. We have Garrett Wallen calling in from, would it be Colorado right now, Garrett, or would that be Illinois yet? Colorado. Littleton, Colorado, a.k.a. Denver. Nice. And uh, how, how are things out there today? Well, we got a little bit of smoke, a little bit of haze, but it's sunny again, and it's going to be 80-85. I mean, perfect weather, right? Yeah, really it is. Gotta love Colorado weather. But we brought you on here for a uh, special segment that we'll be running here every so often. We're uh, tentatively calling it Garrett's Shit Talk Corner. (laughs) (laughs) You, uh, you're coming in hot off of a, a good, close divisional win against Tom. And uh, you got some hot takes and uh, some shit talking to do. So I'll just I'll let you kind of go with it. Yeah. So I don't think I really need to say much to Tom. He knows what happened. Thought he had a bye week. That's about it. Let's put it at that. I want to focus on the Trump's division this week. And just disregard Wilson because Wilson, you're 4-0. But... Do the rest of them know they're supposed to win games? I understand Vince is 2-2. Two and two, But looking at his overall scoring, he has scored less than Castro, who is behind him at 1-3. and three, And he has only scored three more points than Suluko, who just got the ass-handing of the week. <laughs> I think that might be putting it mildly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much gave Acosta his first win. I'm trying to figure out. Is this the NFC East? Minus Wilson? <laughs> so, all right, I like that comparison here. So, so I'm basically going with, if that's the case, Sir Luco is the Washington football team, you know, because he currently always, or he usually reads in like the leads in the racist power rankings. That kind of works. <laughs> it works for me. You got, let's see here. I'd say Acosta is probably the closest to like a Dallas Cowboys. He he can't light it up occasionally. See, I was going to go with Acosta as the Giants because at the moment he is last in the division because he is also the worst scorer in the entire league. That that's fair. He's I would go behind Patterson at the moment. Just Patterson still can't get that elusive first win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a great start there. Yeah, and it, oh, it works really well because then you can make Castro is like the Eagles. He, you know, he won it however many years ago, but it's since been kind of just coasting by. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like you know he he could end up being at five hundred, maybe a little bit below. He does something, but not enough. Yeah, God, I, I this is some quality shit here, Garrett. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't say too much about our division. You know, we got a three-way tie up, up top at three and one, and then Joe Sortino, even though he's two and two, he's the highest scorer in our entire division and number two in the entire league. So I think Joe has had some, just maybe I don't know if I want to say unlucky. I mean, it's only week four or week five, but Joe is the second highest scorer in the league at this moment. Yeah, I mean he's. You know, assuming he can kind of keep up that scoring pattern, he'll do fine. But again, like you said, it's three people at three and one, and then a two and two versus one. <laughs> there's literally one team with a winning record in the Chumps division. Yeah, a little sad right now. 
We're looking at you, Vince, to pop back up over 500 next week. God. The rest of the All right. season well, is just fucked. I was gonna say, so, so that's if you, I was gonna say, if you had to pick one, one of these four people between Sir Luco, Vince, Acosta, and Cash to rise up out of the crop to help try to contend with Wilson, who do you think's got the best shot? Uh, man, I, I really thought that Sir Luco just beat you in a trade, so um, I don't think anyone's really gonna dethrone Wilson. I think the question is who's gonna finish second, and I don't know, Kyle, I think that trade could help Suluko out a lot when it comes down the stretch. Could be. That that could have been an ulterior motive of mine. We'll see how that plays out. You know, my guess was there was something else coming up after it because I thought that Suluko essentially trade-raped you, from my point of view. I, no, I get it. Like, for me, I, I have my own reasons, but uh, I easily see where, where you and obviously a couple of other people came from with the uh, news of Pat Mahomes leaving <laughs> the Vanderpump rules. It was a shot, but, but sum everything up. Trump's division. Besides Wilson, just get your shit together, man. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but any other final uh, words you want to throw out here today here, Garrett? No, I didn't want to spend uh, too much time talking about my victory last week. I don't think it needs to happen. I'm sure Tom already feels bad enough. Uh, don't worry, we'll talk it up here for you here shortly. I'm excited to hear those. <laughs> All right, well, this has been Garrett's Shit Talk of the Week, Shit Talk Corner. We're still workshopping the title, and uh, I'm sure we'll bring in you again here for, further in the season, Garrett. I look forward to it. Have a good rest of the week, everyone. All right, cool. Thanks. But not you, Sir Lugo. <laughs> and with that, let's go ahead and get over to our co-host, Joe Sortino. What's up, KCLC? It's Joe here, hijacking the podcast for you this week. The Champions Podcast. Rumor has it, Tom may have tore his ACL and is out for the season, question mark. We're not sure. The MRI has not come back yet. Here to join me, the usual, Kyle Madows. How are you doing? Doing great. Just got off here with Garrett to start the week in his shit corner. And uh, now I'm here with you. And we're going to take things over. As you said, Tom Torres ACL uh, moving this weekend. He now is in. Oh, breaking news. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a trade has been canceled. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. This is live as we speak. We'll get into this more later. This has been caused for a fire today, Joe. But see, this is what happens. We, we bring it on. Bring you on, and this is what happens, man. Literally right when we started. Who could have thought that was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but so here's what's going to happen today, guys. Joe is filling in for Tom. Tom is indisposed. He's been moving. He does not have internet. He's in Iowa. Things are cagey. Joe, how you been? What's going on in this first month of the season for you? Yeah, this past month, it's had some ups and downs. I unfortunately lost to Tom in that first week. It was a really close game, and then pulled off a win, and then a loss, and then a win. It's just uh, kind of like how my picks are going with uh, who's going to lose this week. Um, I've been struggling quite a bit at wide receiver, so I'm glad I got that trade in uh, to help give me some support. Unfortunately, I had to give up Cook, who exploded 
as I expected as soon as I got rid of him. Same with Ronald Jones, also exploded. But I'm sure we'll get back into that later, potentially. But overall, I'm pretty satisfied with my team, and I'm looking forward to what we got going here coming up. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody that's had a kind of a shitty receiver court, Joe, it's been to you this year. That kind of goes yeah. without saying. Nobody, yeah, nobody can argue with that. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to you know argue with that. So you have to get rid of it. Plus, I mean, people see you, you know, on the, in your pathetic excuse for a trade block, and so <laughs> you gotta you gotta go to Wilson for you know not getting a player back who is ultimately going to be released by you the next day, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Joe, let's go ahead and let's jump into the week four in review. A lot of uh, quality games here, but let's start off with probably the least quality matchup with Sir Luco Woods. I guess I can't actually see his full team name. Sir Luco versus Acosta, which I do know Acosta is. This is Cromerica. <laughs> Uh, yeah, looking at this game, uh, specifically on Sreluko's side, unfortunately, the only notes that I can really mark down for this was that his quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver was just a big ouch this this whole week, uh, weekend yep. for him, I should say. Uh, the only really double-digit person he had at those positions was uh, Galladay. Coming back off his injury, looked pretty good. I mean, he's got to be happy about it. still having him at least, but... As far as the other players go, we got Ingram. It barely got double digits, and only because he scored a touchdown. If he didn't have that touchdown, it was just god-awful. Maybe potentially one of the worst weeks we have this year, I think. Yeah, it's like, you look at Sir Lucas' team here, and it's like, again, he loses Chubb to injury. So now, you know, he's lost Chubb. He's lost Saquon Barkley. He didn't have Cam Newton. Just a lot, a lot of things went wrong for Sterluco, but let's talk about like what went right here for Acosta. So for me, the biggest thing is he had kind of just solid performances in general, nothing that completely broke him. But again, Will Fuller showing up is huge for him as kind of a flex player. I mean, when Will Fuller is on, he'll get you 20 points, which is really good. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Pretty much like the top of his uh, roster here was kind of mediocre to say, like from Breeze all the way up to like John Brown, I'd say, was not very performant. He has Adrian Peterson as his number two running back only because CMC is out, obviously. But like he's really struggling at the. He also didn't have uh, James Conner due to the whole COVID thing. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I also had that down. That definitely hurt having that uh, two of his running backs potential future running backs out, but still pulled through. Um, Wentz coming out party, potentially, question mark, but not really, I don't think, because that was a pathetic quarterback play on San Francisco's part, uh, giving Wentz some great field position <laughs> pretty much the whole night, I think. But yeah, yeah he did like... just, just, just enough to pull by this terrible, <laughs> terrible <laughs> Suluko team we got going here. Like, I will say, like, Suluko up till this point had been relatively solid. I think coming into week four, he was either second or third in total points scored for the season. But that's fantasy. You're going to have bad weeks. And uh, much to the dismay of Suluko, he ended up just, he, he's injury plagued right now between COVID and just hamstrings and ACLs. It's, it's not great. So, yeah, sorry we had to talk bad about you again, Alex. I know you're very disappointed, but what else can we really say? 
Yeah, so uh, coming from that game into another game, another matchup that was decided pretty quick was uh, you, Joe. You want to you wanna talk about how you crushed your competition in Batty this week? Yeah, you know, I didn't feel that way at this match because I'd say about tw- at the 12 o'clock games, right at the beginning, I'm seeing freaking eight touchdowns just between uh, Brady and Mixon. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to overcome this? And I have this like superstition where I don't really look at the scores unless it's halftime or at the end of the games because I don't really want to see it. I don't know why that is, but that's just how I felt. And I and just watching like red zone, just seeing all these touchdowns that his players are getting, I'm like Jesus, he must be loaded on points. And, <laughs> and then I go and look at it. Pretty much other than that, though, like uh, he had decent. I mean, he was getting like touchdowns from Edmonds. They got one touchdown from him, but that was like he has nobody else really, and they're just somehow scoring. I'm like, here we go. It's gonna be my kryptonite. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, but pretty much everybody else, like. He had to go with um, Tyreek and Watkins, and I thought they might having those two Kansas City on a Monday uh, Monday night, thinking they're going to put up huge points. It's going to be close, but yeah, like from his perspective, um, I think he's on an upward trend. I kind of made notes about these uh, teams that I think are going up and down. I think he's definitely has some bright spots on his team and then also like on his bench having Herbert he's got to feel good about having that on his bench he's probably gonna slot him in here probably for golf maybe in the future but he's looking sharp on that front and then having Josh Kelly on his bench with uh your boy uh Eckler being out I don't know how long that was a couple few weeks but it's looking a little bit brighter for his future I think yeah, I was going to say, he also didn't have Godwin this week. Lazard was out kind of last minute. And he's getting Le'Veon Bell back. So he could go on a run real quick. You know, he's been the, the laughing start, stock to start the year. But as we've said many times, you only need four wins in this league. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, having that 0-4 start is definitely a hill he's going to have to overcome here. Yeah, um, then we go ahead and we look at your team here, Joe. And it's... Again, you you got to 208 points, which I don't remember. It's either close to, if not the lead, like for the season for the highest scoring points. And you just had a lot of things really fall right. I mean, Singletary not having to have a split backfield with Moss is really good for you right now. Kamara does Kamara things. (laughs) Then you know the big one was uh, George Kittle and your newly acquired two receivers. That got you close to, what, 80 points right there? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny because, like, this whole, like, my whole team, I didn't feel great about it. Like, I'm seeing Kamara get two touchdowns stolen from him. Um, and Judy had a decent night on Thursday at the beginning of the week, but, like, nothing, like, spectacular. I'm just like, oh, this is not going to be great. But um, also, fun fact, three of my players had 20.9 points exactly, and – both my quarterbacks and Kamara. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact <laughs> that Kamara got two touchdowns stolen, he still ended up with 20 points. I'm really not upset in the slightest about that. And um, my future question, and Russell also coming back down to reality after <laughs> going off the first three weeks. He actually looked like a human person. Um, but I'm going to lead you with this final question about my team. Do you think uh, Kittle can potentially be Gronk 2.0? 
I mean, he was last year. I would say the caveat this year, to a small degree, right now that team is still so banged up. I mean, yeah. I mean, they got nothing to throw to really. Ayuk is looking pretty good, though I have to say, but it just their offense not looking good. Yeah, it, it really reminds me a lot of Green Bay in a lot of respects because it's like, oh, all of our receivers are out. I guess we're just going to throw it to Robert Tanyan. Or like, yeah. case, you know, hey, all of our receivers are out. I guess we're throwing to George Kittle. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, he, he's shown the ceiling that he's there. I also think he can have the big bust games as well, which Gronk usually had a pretty high floor. Yeah, true. But yeah, enough of this game. It ended up being a blowout, but like going into Monday night, like having 60 points between my defense and uh, Kittle definitely helped. <laughs> it was a lot, I felt it was a lot closer than that until that happened, so. But yeah, I'm very happy with uh, getting that victory, keeping uh, Patterson down at the end of our uh, division here. <laughs> it all it all helps. We want to push him to the other people. Some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, what game you want to talk about next here? Uh, let's look at um, a little one that had a pretty decent gap. It looked closer, I think, than it actually was in. Uh, the French Prince of Alaire's, or Elaire, however you want to pronounce it, uh, and Esther Cabron, Cabron, and Castro's team. Yeah, lot, lots to come out of this one with. Biggest thing for me is, again, Wilson just solid performances all around. Like, Stefan Diggs is somehow a top five receiver this year. Amari Cooper's the number one receiver. You still have Travis Kelsey. You have, like, Clyde Edwards Blair. He had a bad game and still had 16 carries. Like it's just, it's very hard to look at his team going forward and see how he's going to lose points. It seems like he's very safe at like a 150 to 170 every week at the minimum. Yeah, and I see that. Like I mentioned when we were talking about my team, that trade instantly coming in and rewarding him when he played uh, Jones and Cook. Um, obviously, Jones didn't have uh, Fournette playing uh, this week. And but like I was just watching the beginning of that game, and the first four plays just went to Ronald Jones. Like, hey, are you... But yep, can you see me? Yep, you're good. Yep, uh, yeah. I'm not sure how long term the Ronald Jones situation is going to be because he also dropped a few balls in that game, and instantly uh, he got swapped out for another running back. I don't remember who exactly it was, but we'll see how that plays out for him. I'm not as confident about that, but having Cook is obviously a big plus after that trade. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, but then you'll get the other side here, and it's just a story of kind of what could have been for Castro. He has an absurd amount of points on his bench. Yeah. I, I understand where a lot of it came from. Specifically, I understand why he was hesitant with Chris Carson coming back from that injury. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe his usage isn't there. But then you also have... Robert, you know, Robbie Anderson, who at right now is wide receiver 11 for the year. Then the number one tight end in football ahead of your George Kittle is Robert Tanyan. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, who, who would have thought that was the case? Like, obviously, Castro assumed it was going to be one of the two to get catches that night. Yeah. But, God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I can't really blame him though for making that decision. I <laughs> I probably would have done the same to be honest. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's I, just a heartbreaker that he had all those <laughs> points that he could have had. Yeah, the bigger thing for me is just like uh, Jonathan Taylor is getting to be kind of 
I would say, a disappointment right now. Only from the fact that he seems to be getting amount of carries every week but it's not like a zeke it's not like a saquon level that kind of was expected he is for sure sharing a backfield and it's just like anytime you have a some type of a backfield share it's going to be kind of a disappointment especially considering what he was expected to be coming out of wisconsin yeah and this could really end up hurting him long term uh, with his running back situation, because if he's not doing well, he's potent- he's going to lose uh, Davis to you. Um, and then you're looking at, uh, I kind of felt like the Melvin Gordon thing's kind of a fluke too, because he didn't have Philip Lindsay, and he kind of scored some garbage time at the end of that game, really. With that yeah, he had touchdown, a 40-yard so. touchdown at the end of regulation. <laughs> From the running back perspective, you'll be able to get Carson back in there, but I'm kind of concerned about his uh, running back situation. Um once Philip Lindsay's back and once he loses Davis and the question mark that surrounds what exactly this Jonathan Taylor's going to end up being this year. And the last point I had about this too is how much of a beast Mike Evans is. That guy looks like he's this year has looked like he's hurt on every single play and yet he's still jumping over people and making ridiculous catches. So I think my favorite part up until this last week, he was on pace to have like 500 yards, but have 18 touchdowns, which was just like insanity. Yeah, yards, <laughs> all touchdowns. But uh, Evans is really getting helped out from not having Godwood in. I mean, that true. can't be understated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but overall, I think um, definitely Brian Wilson's the team to beat as it is right now. Um, I still feel pretty good about Castro's team, despite those question marks. I feel like he's still going to be good going forward. But unfortunately, not this week. Yeah, Sorry about that one, Cash. Yeah. All right, let's go into one, la- or one of our last two matchups. Let's talk about myself versus Vinny Alfonso Cartagena. <laughs> Kind of a, a low-scoring game overall um, that had a couple of individual players go off on each team. I mean, you look at my running backs. Austin Eckler died, like, immediately into that game. And yet, somehow, is still only doubtful, despite the fact we're goddamn, like, Wednesday of this week. Annoying as shit. And then you have my newly traded for Kenyon Drake, uh... Struggling overall with the Cardinals offense. Yeah, but you know, Drake and Eckler died so that Hunt can be born. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not the only one that said that. But uh, for me, I think my favorite part of this game was how much I was like riding on the Jets to uh, at least be somewhat, you know, show up somewhat on Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, a lot invested in that game for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's what happens with COVID and injuries, man. But, you know, Chris Hurd, I was going to say, Chris Herndon uh, definitely was a letdown. Yeah. But Jamison Crowder showed up doing work off of basically one leg. I love it. Yeah. But we'll get to that because I'm pretty sure half your team is not the same from when it was this <laughs> But, yeah, I, and also the, the CD lamb that you got um, through that trade. Was it the trip with Tom, right? Yeah, Tom gave yeah. break and yeah. blam for Julio. Yeah, it was his coming out party this week, basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> gotta feel happy about that. 
I was going to say, who would have thought the best player out of those three the following week would be CeeDee Lamb? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's fantasy. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. You look over, though, at Vince's team. He just got really unlucky in a couple of things. I mean, it's ridiculous to me that, you know, the Browns score 49 points and Baker Mayfield only has 15. Yeah, I'm starting to think he's uh, becoming a game manager now from what it looks like. He lets everybody else do all the work for him. Yeah, I mean, that does happen when you have 300 or whatever rushing yards at a game. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then you have uh, Zach Ertz, who's been just a complete disappointment this year. I mean, Vinny paid, I want to say, like around yeah. 30 for him. And... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I'm starting to think that Vince's team is also turning into the Bears of fantasy football with his three tight ends on his roster, uh, <laughs> trying to juggle exactly what he wants to do there. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely some question marks with that, but uh, that, that's for Vince. And the you fact know. that he's starting two of the tight ends because he's got nothing else to play in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, we, just, la- just, we laugh. Just because, just because you can play wide receiver tight end doesn't mean you have to play a tight end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, you know, Hawkinson got 10 points, which was solid. But granted, yeah. he got eight of those points, I think, in the last, like, three minutes of that game. Yeah, he had the two-point conversion, and then he had the touchdown, too, right? Yeah, which all at the end of that game. So, like, had he not had that, he literally would have gotten probably, like, zero out of Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's some question marks, but ultimately, I mean, when you have a bad week, two out of your top three players between David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, also, you exactly. really can't have David Carr be your second-best scorer. Yeah. It only it only made it close because of all those injuries that you had during your game too. I mean, yeah, like yeah. You know, how how would this have been if I didn't have Aust- or if I had Austin Eckler a whole game? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that okay. leads us to the last game, which was a nail biter to say the least. Which was yeah. Commissioner Tom versus newcomer to the uh, champs division, Garrett. Yeah, um, this game actually ended up being a lot close. It wasn't this close, I think, after the afternoon games, was it? Because I kind of like marked this one as off pretty much because I thought it was a blow it one way or the other. But no, it was have... yeah, yeah. Going into Monday night, Garrett only had a ten point lead, and then you see Julio Jones getting all of the targets and all of the catches in the first half. Tom got within three. He got to his fifty seven where he ended before Julio pulled a hamstring. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, Calvin Ridley, who was healthy the whole game, got zero for Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly sure what happened. Did he retire during that game? I'm not sure. But <laughs> yeah, honestly, Julio Jones is probably one of the most frustrating people to own, I feel like, in fantasy. Like, I either think he's going to blow up and get 40 points or he's going to play in the game because he's never going to be out before the game starts and then just like be a decoy or pull something during the game. And then screw you. That's how I feel like he plays, but I don't know if that's true or not. But just my observation. You know, I can definitely sympathize with that, where it's like, he's always questionable. He's always got like a yeah. hamstring. And it's like, you know that if you're going to play him, like he's either going to do amazing or nothing. There's not like an average Julio game. Yeah, and you can't bench him because once you do, then he's going to score 40. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, really, the only reason this game was even close was because Dak Prescott had a ridiculous... Yeah. <laughs> like the, the freaking game scripts that the Cowboys keep getting for Prescott and even Cooper on uh, 
Wilson's team is just ridiculous. Like I don't see that happening going forward where it's going to – maybe it will, but to keep having that game script where you're down like 20 to 30 points and then have to come back, of course your quarterback's going to end up having that many points. Yeah, and it's like – and it's completely unsustainable. Like his last three games, I think Dak Prescott's averaging like 34 points. Like, not even Lamar last year at his prime did that. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you throw 58 times, I mean. <laughs> yeah, you throw, it, you throw for 500 touchdowns. Yeah. Or 500 yards. Yeah, yeah. Just ridiculous. To be fair, though, Garrett had a ridiculously, like, lucky game uh, from Odell Beckham. Like, yeah. Odell Beckham has been more or less trash this whole year. And Pretty I think... Much, yeah. You can see that based off of Garrett's shit emojis for his nickname for Odell. <laughs> but I also, yeah, Sorry. But, uh, I also feel like the talent is obviously there. I feel like finally Cleveland might be realizing <laughs> what they could do with him compared to what it was last year when they weren't even getting in the ball, really. So I, for Garrett's perspective, I'm sure he's hoping that it continues in this upward trend of his usage. Yeah, it'll be like for Garrett, you got to be happy with it because he had, you know, the COVID stuff happen midweek. Yeah. He lost Big Ben. He lost Derrick Henry, which was probably his biggest one. He still doesn't have Michael Thomas coming back. So, I mean, Garrett's team is only going to get better going forward. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, this is a crucial win for him to grab early in the season because now, like we said, it's a three way tie for first in our division. Yep. Makes it nice and close as it should be. Putting all the losers on the other side. Of them. <laughs> uh, so with that, we wrapped up week four. Um, so in case anybody at home is wondering, I went four and one on picks last week. Tom went two and three. We're both at eleven wins for the year. <laughs> did he? Uh, did he submit his picks for this week for you? Uh, no, we're currently going to get those in tonight. So we'll get them in later. But last thing though is uh, Joe. You're uh, you're two and two for your picks of the week. I'm looking forward to see who you got chalked up for week five. Uh, yeah, I got it written down. Don't you worry. I'll let you know when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. So real quick, let's just talk about the what happened during the week right now. Um, free agent wire really wasn't much to speak of compared to kind of previous weeks. Biggest two movers was Vince picking up Dearness Johnson, who looks is looking to potentially split a backfield with Kareem Hunt now that Chubb is gone. Mm-hmm. Which Vince got him for a solid seventeen, which is not bad. But Sir Luca only paid ten for him. It's just like I guess I pictured more for a team that looks to be desperate, having just lost Chubb. Yeah, that's true. He probably figured that it wasn't going to be uh, um, split as evenly as it was with Chubb and Hunt. That's fair. I, like I honestly, I don't know who. Th- that much about this uh dearness johnson but hunt and chubb are a lot closer in ability i feel like than probably this guy and hunt so and uh, guy did have 100 yards last week against dallas yeah well we'll we'll see how that plays out going forward but yeah yeah you think but either way yeah you would think suliko would probably pay a little bit more seeing as this team's collapsing <laughs> as we speak and but yeah, uh, yeah. Instead, he chose to spend three dollars on Austin Cooper. So you know he could he, he's got that going for him, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to take a look at picking him. No offense. No, let's see. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good luck with that. Um, only other real pickup of note was Justin Jackson going for 12 points to Acosta, who, again, similar situation. He's just kind of banged up with injuries, just looking for a body, and is hoping that Justin Jackson picks up some of the Eckler slack until CMC comes back, I would assume. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, we'll see how that plays out, too, because we don't really know. Because, well, e- Eckler is gone. Was that the first quarter? Yeah, first quarter. Then, yeah, but then uh, Kelly had that fumble and he got pulled right away. But then they put him back in. So we'll see how they end up splitting the work going forward, though. Yeah, but uh, other than that, really, the only thing is there's been a couple trades this week. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about those trades that were uh, brewing about a lot of controversy going on. Yeah, so uh, first veto in a while that I can remember. <laughs> yeah, there was overwhelming amount of vetoes, I should say. I don't know who the no's were, but I know one of them was me. I'm guessing one of them was you. So there's most of the ones that didn't want to veto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was uh, not a lot of people liked it. A lot of people did not like the fact that I was giving away you know, Pat Mahomes. But to be fair, I did know the COVID thing was a possibility. So I was like, yeah, let me get him the hell out of here. You know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but like, no, Kyle, we want you to keep Pat Mahomes. Don't give him to Sir Luco. So I was like, all right. So Luco calls me late last night and is just like, we, I need Gibson. What do I do to give Gibson? Like, all right. So Sir Luco and I made it work and yeah, now I've got Robert Woods, Woody Boy, coming in. Yeah, so what was uh, what was your thinking here? You just... I mean, my big thing it. is yeah. I don't like... like I think Crowder has enough talent, but, I mean, Joe Flacco is coming in right now. Who knows for how long? Plus, yeah. Crowder's injury-prone, so it's like that's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. And then Gibson, you know, it seemed like kind of like it was a sell-high week for him. I think he's still going to be solid going out, but he's probably more of a new version of Chris Thompson versus mm-hmm. like a solid number two. So it's like two guys I'm trying to sell high, trying to get Robert Woods, who he gets targets. Yeah, you were kind of just looking for more consistency. Exactly. I understand that. Yeah. And then we also, another one that uh, is now pending. Yeah. We got the. Me giving up Lamar Jackson and Castro giving up Mike Davis and Robbie Anderson. Yeah, and then a little bit of news broke about Lamar Jackson being out with a knee injury this practice today. Uh, so I'm starting to wonder if you had some insider information before this trade went down. I mean, it did say yesterday that he was sore, so I was like, oh, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I, that's, the big thing here is like, I get where Garrett's like, you know, why the hell are you trading for Mike Davis and Robbie Anderson? But it's like Mike Davis in the three weeks he's played has gotten at least 15 points. And it's like, I just want to stop gap measure until, you know, Eckler comes back. If I want to, you know, a hope to try to get to the, the one seed, this is my only shot. So, plus, yeah, but do you, I, do you feel you're potentially hurting yourself in the going forward, though? Because Mike Davis, I don't know how usable he's going to be once. McCaffrey's back, you know. I mean, but I, I, I can I can see the Robbie Anderson because he's getting a ton of targets right now, and it seems to be almost like their number one, more so than DJ Moore is right now. So, hundred percent. And it's just like 
my goal is hopefully Mike Davis just kind of lasts, you know, most of the time until Eckler comes back. Mm-hmm. Even if he only lasts a couple of weeks, I could probably spin him off to Acosta. Hey, if you're listening, <laughs> as uh, some insurance. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, Joe, Once let's again, go. Your team's completely different than it was. No, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're not trading, you're not living. I guess not. <laughs> I've, I have to say I have lost track of the number of trades I have for the year, but I do think I might have passed last season. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, but Joe, let's go ahead and talk about week five. Let's go ahead and start with one of my favorite new segments. Who are you shitting on this week, Joe? Oh man, this uh, this particular member of the league is one that uh, not a lot of people want to do business with, uh, as there was also a poll going out about uh, who's the worst <laughs> person <laughs> to trade with, and I didn't want to poop on Alex too bad because he's already down pretty bad right now so I had felt like I had to pick somebody else and that is the COVID killers as my loss of the week so why don't we take a little sneak peek at what we got going there yeah Joe uh go ahead give me what like what are your reasons for this I just feel that he doesn't have um the kind of depth to replace anybody that, that he needs to uh, coming forward. And his quarterbacks have just not been good. And it looks like he actually is not playing Mayfield this week now that I'm looking at it compared to when I saw it earlier. But uh, his tight end situation, uh, he keeps playing Ertz at his tight end, which I understand. But I think the target share for the tight ends was like going the other way for Ertz. Like he's getting less and less targets every week. Yeah, like, especially last week, he only had the five, and it's like, considering how bad their receivers are right now, like, that's not good. (laughs) Yeah, and I I just, there's something about Castro's team, too, that I just feel like he's kind of, like, as we talked about the running back issues, but, like, I just feel like his team's trending upward for some reason. And once he's going to be potentially getting uh, Lamar Jackson, probably going to spot that in instead of Minshew, so he's going to have Lamar Jackson and um, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, he's out this week. Yeah, say Rodgers is out with the bye this week. I'm not feeling so confident about my loss of the week anymore, man. But uh, <laughs> I would say Minshew probably slides down and takes over for yeah. Slayton. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, All right, yeah, but I like... I, I don't know. I just, I just don't feel it for Vinny's team in particular. I don't know why. Let me tell you why you're wrong, Joe. Okay, tell me, please. So DeAndre Hopkins is not going to do bad against the Jets. He's not going to get 10 points. If he does, you have huge fires. Phoenix burns to the ground. Trading the next day. Yeah. I will say, though, the, the biggest question mark I have for Vince is, what happens to David Johnson without Bill O'Brien? <laughs> like, Bill O'Brien had to use him in order to keep his job. Yeah. That's not what I want to hear out of. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen for that offense in general going forward, but I hope it's going to be better than what we've been getting with Deshaun Watson. Uh, These like points wise and fantasy has been like fine, but not like top quarterback fine. You know what I'm saying? Like he should be. So I'm hoping that that's going to benefit the quarterback more than Johnson, but we'll have to see how that plays out. 
Yeah, I mean, like, really the only other thing to, to talk about with this one is what's going to happen with the whole Tennessee game. I mean, for all we know, the league could go on, like, a two-week pause or something. But, like, Tannehill is kind of a, a very important part to Vince's team if he wants to compete. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tannehill, at this, even against Buffalo, is much better, I would say, than Baker Mayfield going against Indy. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, don't really have any uh, other key points I wanted to talk about this game. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, with this, I'm going to go ahead and I'm actually going to pick Vince to win. I'm writing it in, though, that Vinny is your projected loss of the week. We'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't really have much faith in you. Well, that's fine. I'm 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which I, at this point, let's see, I'd be... I think I'm eleven to nine. So not <laughs> you're almost there. you're almost done. But um, all right. So Joe, what uh, what matchup do you want to talk about next? Well, based on these projections that we have, let's uh, take a look at uh, Wilson's and Acosta's matchup. Okay. So we got a a heavy hitter, Brian Wilson, at four and zero, going against the uh, kind of low man on the totem pole, Acosta. Um, and what looks like it's going to be a blowout according to Sleeper. Yeah, I would say like Sleeper like this, like it just puts up the, the this big spread. I mean, like it makes sense on Wilson's side. He's really yet to you know have a true dud, so to speak. But I yeah. mean, it, the big thing here is how does uh you know some of these players over on the Costa side end up doing because they can easily beat their projections. Basically, it's like Will Fuller can go off for 40. Yeah. Devontae Parker can go off for like 30. Yeah, I think James Conner and Montgomery could both have solid weeks. So it's like, I feel that, you know, Acosta has a higher potential to go above and beyond his projections, whereas Wilson's just kind of right. Yeah. Uh, specifically, yeah, at the wide receiver position, I think he can have some uh, scoring go his way. But like, I don't really see like players like Montgomery and Connor going going off per se to help make up for what I think is Wilson putting up a ton of points with these huge named players this year that are just going off. You know what I'm saying? Oh it's yeah, gonna take, it's going to take a lot. I mean, like the one thing that might help him is if if Buffalo Tennessee ends up getting postponed and the the, the rest of the league still plays. That's two of Wilson's top scores now going to the bench. That's huge. That yeah, that is one thing that would definitely <laughs> cause a lot of issues. And I'm trying to see, if... he doesn't really have a lot of depth to put in. He doesn't have another quarterback that he could slot in for his super flex. Yeah, he kind of is going bigger going home, especially like the trade, getting rid of pretty much Hunt, who was a nice bench person that he had. To yeah, upgrade basically would have been real nice right about now, just yeah. as uh, an insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that trade didn't go through with you guys. He was trying to get him back. I heard. Uh, yeah, he texted me back immediately after we made that three-person trade, uh, but then I never heard again from him. So, no, oh, well. <laughs> his loss. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Wilson. Um, yeah, so with that, I'm going to probably end up picking, I think Acosta is going to overperform. I also just have a hard time believing that the Bills game is going to happen right now. 
Yeah, I also don't think the Bills game's going to happen, but I still think that uh, Wilson's going to be able to muster enough power here to take down Acosta in what will probably end up being a closer game than it's looking right now. I, I will agree to that easily. This is probably going to be the closest game if I had to pick. All right, so let's talk about uh, kind of a shitty matchup. Let's talk about Patterson versus Sirluco. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, again, no offense to anybody in this matchup. I know you're devastated by injuries. Same with you, Patterson. I get it. But, like, you know, there's a one total win in this game. That's not great. (laughs) (laughs) That is 100% true. And, yeah, uh, nothing's really uh, gotten better for Sri Lugo. I'd say being able to put in uh, Crowder instead of uh, Brown at the running back position will help him. I don't know by how much it's going to help him. Um, And then also, but he's also losing Woods, who's been his, like, key player on his uh, team as far as, like, it's pretty much his mascot now, I think. And (laughs) unfortunately, he's losing him, but he's putting Carter in the roost. I think it's going to end up doing similar to what Woods would do, but maybe not with a lower floor. That's it. With Joe Flacco coming in, it could be a little bit yeah. different because he's expected yeah. to play right now. But yeah, who man? Like it's hard to it's hard to look at his team right now and find a lot of positives because it's like I do like Kenny Galladay, but he's on a bye, mm-hmm. and it's just like outside of that, it's like Michael Gallup has basically been demoted to the third uh, third or fourth option in the Dallas receiving game, and yeah, it's just like st- yeah, they still got uh, and with more, I feel like. That offense has not been favoring DJ Moore as much as it was last year, too. But he's still projected at like 16 points, which I feel like his floor this year has not been. As it's not high. It has. Yeah, it's not high at all. <laughs> but when you're going up against Atlanta, maybe it doesn't matter because, man, has that Atlanta team got a bad secondary? <laughs> yes, I heard today yes. that they've uh, they've gone through seven corners already this year. Like, they've already had seven injuries to corners. Really? I had, oh, my God. <laughs> so, in case you don't know, it's week five. They're losing more than one quarter a game. <laughs> That's oh, not good. God. No, it's... <laughs> uh, but then you look over at the other side here. I kind of really like what you were talking about earlier, where it's like it feels like Patterson is starting to heat up. I think he just has a really solid combo between Mixon, Tyreek, and Metcalf. I mean, yeah. those those three, to me, are three people that you could get at least, like, high usage on a week-to-week basis right now. Yeah, and finally Mixon came out last week. I mean, he was complete garbage the first three weeks, and then he finally uh, showed what he can do last week, putting up those big numbers. And I think... Yeah, and then, but unfortunately, he's going to be losing Godwin again this week. It sounds like he's out. Um, yeah. So, and it, but he is going to slide in uh, Justin Herbert this week against New yeah. Orleans. And you're going to have to imagine Herbert's going to have to be airing it out. Yeah. And once he's able to get Godwin back, slide in that in, instead of uh, Watkins, his team's looking, it's looking really good. I have to say, other than I'd say his second running back is probably the only thing that's like glaringly uh, lacking. I mean, but he'll be getting Le'Veon Bell back. Le'Veon Bell just started practicing this week. So if 
you know, Le'Veon is like a you know ten to twenty points a week. I mean, his team is hard to find holes overall. Like, like I said, he just had a rough start to the year. Yeah, it's just wondering is it too late? You know, because if he I mean, he can't really afford to lose many more games going forward. I know he only needs four, maybe five wins, but he can't afford to lose much more after starting zero and four. You know. I will say the biggest thing that he's got going for him is I do think he has a run now of uh, chumps division matchups, and uh, lo and behold, there's a lot of one seat, one win teams over there that he can start jumping. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And getting uh, probably the lowest chump as of right now in Alex Ruluco. So we'll see how that plays out. So I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Patterson as a heavy favorite here. Yeah, I will definitely agree with you on that one. Okay. So, Joe, which of these two matchups do I want to talk about next? One with me, one with you. Let's go with mine. Let's go with mine first. We'll save the commissioner line, uh, preview for after that. All right. <clears throat> so, Joe, how scared yeah. are you right now? <laughs> well, I think a big thing is also going to be, like you said in the other matchups, this Tennessee game with uh, whether Derrick Henry is going to be playing this week with more people getting covid and I'm sure Garrett's not going to be uh, too too thrilled about that. He's probably going to throw a tantrum in the chat, I'm guessing, if that happens again. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. Plus, it's like, he has Michael Thomas in there right now. As far as I know, he's not begun practicing yet. So, like, oh. it, he could play. Like, he very well could. And if he does, he immediately is, like, a, you know, top 10 option at the position. Is, uh... What's his name from San Francisco? The running back back Mostert? Um, so I think they ruled him questionable today. I'll look that up here. Yeah, because I just noticed that McKinnon's only projected eight points now, so I'm just curious if he's going to end up keeping him in that position. I mean, even with if uh, Mostert comes back, I mean, I think McKinnon has jumped Tevin Coleman. So it's like, I think kind of McKinnon at this point is a play him until he busts for me anyway, kind of a player, especially against Miami. Yeah, it would just be unfortunate that the usage for him goes down after that, you know. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But I mean, in general, I think Garrett's got good players. It's more just along the lines of, I think he might have to sit some of them. (laughs) And that's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to end up sitting Singletary, though, if that game doesn't happen either. So we're going to be dropping both our running backs down to the bench. Uh, Which, at this point, should be starting who? Devonta Freeman? Uh, Kind of what it looks like. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not what I want to hear, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But another big thing is, uh, I think. I thought I saw that Deontay Johnson was practicing. Yes. Know, so I think he's out of the concussion protocol. So having him back will definitely be a, be a big plus for me to fill in that role that I had Judy playing last week of just getting some points. <laughs> yeah, but looking at the rest of my team, I feel pretty happy with it. As long as all these questionable players that I just realized were on my team uh, end up playing, I feel pretty confident in uh, this week coming up against Garrett? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard not to be just because, again, of the Tennessee game. I mean, that 
alone. If that goes through, I think you win. If Tennessee plays, Garrett, I think, has a really good shot. Because even though Derrick Henry is going against Buffalo, it's like, I imagine, because Corey Davis just got announced that he's going to the COVID protocol. So it's got to be a fun game. Yeah, and also the Michael Thomas, whether he ends up playing or not, is, True. could potentially be a big point swing. So right now, Joe, you think you're winning? Are you calling it a win for you this week? I think I'm calling it a win. I feel good about my team. Okay. So we'll put well, me down as a win. I'm uh, unfortunately going to have to back you on that and pick you. I don't like picking against Garrett because I do think he's got a much better team than people give him credit for just because of the injuries. So mm-hmm. but I'm going to just have to. I'm really tentative on that Tennessee game. Yeah, it's nothing against Garrett's team. I also believe that Garrett's team's good. I just am confident in my own team. That's all. Yeah, that's all you need. And then that leaves us to our game of the week. Yeah, I think it is the game of the week, seeing as uh, we got our commissioners dueling it, both 3-1. and one. Could potentially be a very interesting matchup. I can't quite for certain know exactly what this lineup's going to look like with all the trades that have been <laughs> happening. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you fill in on your side here. What, uh, what do you have to offer this week? Yeah, so we're taking out Kenyon Drake, and we're bringing in Mike Davis. So that, oh. that's, that's the point there. Just straight benching <laughs> Kenyon Drake, huh? Yeah, he's got to re-earn his trust. <laughs> <laughs> and then putting in Robert Woods for uh, Crowder. And then lastly, it's going to be putting in um, Robbie Anderson for Jeff Jefferson. Or for uh, <laughs> for Jefferson, not Jeff Jefferson. <laughs> don't forget about your Teddy Bridgewater. Did you say that already? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be starting. So I'm going heavy on the Panthers. It's got three Carolina Panthers. You got that uh, duo of Robbie Anderson, uh, Teddy Bridgewater connection. And, and, yeah, 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 and, and Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, you, you went from <laughs> you went from the Jets to the Panthers here. You're just swapping between the bad teams in the league. Dude, is that a, like that seems like it's an upgrade? Yeah, if if I um, use the Jets last week and then the Panthers this week, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's going to be a different look. My goal is just a, a lot more stable of a team this week and try to go for the high floor play. Yeah. One thing I noticed when I was looking at the previews before is that, uh, from Tom's perspective, like I really don't like his bench at all, like at all. Like I feel like he doesn't have much to offer to swap in if anything happens to any of these players that he has. Yeah, and I it's like, like and Julio Jones is not a guarantee to play this week. Is he ever a guarantee to play any week? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, another question is. Uh, how Henderson's going to end up doing. He kind of had a pretty disappointing week this uh, past week, and I'm not sure how the usage is going to end up playing long-term. Uh, I'm not sure about the status of Cam Akers. Uh, I believe he started practicing again this week, was the headline I read. Yeah, and I feel like that's just going to muddy the water even more, and then we're back to the three-headed monster back then, back there. And Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's... I guess he doesn't really have a ton of other options to fill in for that, but could I mean, he might if, if Juju Smith Schuster comes back this week. I mean, that's a, a pretty good play, I would imagine. Oh, I didn't. Even, I forgot about that. <laughs> the people <laughs> at the bottom, yeah, and same with AJ Brown. But although he's been struggling too this year quite a bit, but yeah, if he can swap 
Juju in there, I'm sure he'd feel quite a bit better about his team. He's got a good set of wide receivers if he does get him back in there. I think the biggest thing for me is I would imagine have a bad week against Pittsburgh's front seven because, good God, they're just, they swallow everyone up. Yeah, I mean, and they've been blitzing quite a bit, (laughs) getting a lot of sacks this year. It's been pretty fun to watch for a person that has the Pittsburgh's defense, but yeah. But then, like, you also have, he's betting really hard on the Raiders doing well against Kansas City, or at least getting garbage time. So it's like, if they fall behind early, you're imagining they're going to pass, and Josh Jacobs yeah. isn't super involved in that right now. But then if they do super ball control, I would imagine Darren Waller is not going to be involved much either. So it's kind of like a he's hedging his bets to try to get the most points he can out of the Raiders. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams are starting to potentially catch up on <laughs> the Raiders keep throwing to Waller 30 times and nobody else, none of the other wide receivers that are out there. So I, yeah, that I mean, could potentially, think. that could, that could, yeah, you would think that could potentially be bad if they're down, not giving it to Jacobs and they have Waller covered all over the place. So, but I mean, here's the thing, Joe, does any of this matter if Dak Prescott goes off for like damn near 40 again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, against the against the Giants, he might actually not have to though. <laughs> that's that's what I'm banking on. Is I'm hoping it's a heavy Zeke week. Yeah, heavy Zeke week, and probably about 20 passes only because he doesn't need to do any more than that because they already won the game. But yeah, seeing how bad that Dallas off the defense is this year and how many points they've been letting up, I, I don't know. Anything's possible. They could be down in this for all I know. <laughs> Well, Joe, all that being said, who do you like this week? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with the father. Your dad, Tom- Thomas Hart. <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> I invite you on the pod, and here you are, picking the man who repl- you replaced. I don't, I don't want to be biased here, you know? You know, Joe, he's, I'll he's, pick got, a... he's, he's got an ACL problem. I don't want to <laughs> cause any more issues. Well, I'm just I'm picking the team that's fun to watch. I'm picking the Carolina Panthers in my proxy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, you got any final thoughts here? Uh, anything you want to say? Who knows the next time you're going to be on? Yeah, well, we don't know that. We'll have to see what the MRI says about. Uh, Tom's leg. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure joining you on here. Unfortunately, I don't know if people noticed, but we had a little bit of issue on Tuesday recording, but hopefully this ends up sounding okay. But yeah, uh, everybody have a great, amazing week five and uh, look forward to uh, potentially being on here in the future. Yeah, looking forward to having you back, Joe. This has been the Champions Pod. <laughs>